Hello, and welcome to episode one of the Deep and Meaningfuls podcast with me, Nina Bubamara. And yes, as you'd have just heard in the intro, what this space is all about. And it feels really significant to be creating this space right now because it's been something that's been on my heart for quite a long time and really everything happens in its own divine time but also just to have a space where we can invite in conversation and insights and ideas and pieces of this human experience and and dive in deep and make sense and make meaning and that is basically who I am and what I'm all about and what my work is all about. So for me, having a space to be able to do that and verbal is definitely my preferred method of communication. And it feels really, really exciting. And the invitation for me, me and for you, for anyone that's creating anything is I actually, over my journey, have grappled with the grip of perfectionism and in even to get to this point, kind of really wanting to like land in a softer place of creation, a, a flowy place of creation and not getting too much in the head of like structure or or needing things to be a certain way. And it, it takes a lot to just keep practicing coming back to the heart and aligning what is true in this moment and letting things unfold mystically and intuitively and also bring some you know lovely ear warming content but for me it's like really working with that perfection grip and inviting imperfection and inviting the impulsive nature that I also have around like insights and ideas and intuitive uh, wisdom and musings and wanting to create a space for that so this that is me kind of planting that seed and and I just oh, my invitation to you is to like okay where in life can I also plant those seeds of of imperfection and allowing the humanness of it all to just be and that's what I call the realness and the real mess and I can't you know, sit and and work with others and hold space for others and and teach these these things and 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 sort of preach them if I'm not embodying the the realness and the real mess myself. And so I am just putting a little pin in that before we get going. And today, the day that I'm launching this, which really makes me oh so excited is it is Tuesday Tuesday <laughs> the 22nd of the second 22. Now maybe you're listening to this in the future maybe you're listening to it on another day but today is and many people will know this about me uh, 22 is just a number that's followed me around in my journey and when I was thinking about you know, stepping back into an outward online space, and I'll get back to that in a moment. For me, it was just like, 
oh, this, this magical day. I mean, I've had friends message me saying, what are you doing on the 22nd of the second 22? And I was like, yeah, like, what am I doing? And for me, it was just like, oh, my, my heart wanted to expand. My arms wanted to open out. And I just wanted to be like, hello world. Because over, the, over the, a year, it's been now, I've been on a beautiful, important uh, inward journey. And as a self-inquiry coach or space holder, when I'm called to go inward and bring the experiences really, really close to me, it means that there is so much wisdom in that slowing down, in that stillness. And last year was such a huge shift and a huge lessons and huge life experience that I'm definitely going to be talking about in the up and coming episodes and share, you know, share the depth and the breadth that those experiences brought into into my life. And, and really the message around that year was surrender and trust in the divine plan <laughs> or the, you know, whether you resonate with that or not, but the 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 spiritual path and the the life experiences that are going to come your way, that are unexpected, that are stepping into the unknown that are fully surrendering and going okay and it's and it's these things happen to as an invitation they are an invitation to recognize and learn the lessons that are there to be learned and you know the universe will continue to bring these lessons in and bring these these moments in our lives in these experiences these sort of experiences or moments, they will literally keep arriving until we learn that lesson, until we learn that soul lesson that's there to be taught um, and, and land in it. And that was so huge for last year. And I'm so grateful in so many ways that I stepped back um, and I, you know, I even stopped halfway through the year holding space for, for clients because it, was so important to hold space for myself and to be able to go so deep and to hold that space with myself was was a gift and it was a massive lesson in in self love and uh, self care that I I hadn't reached that place yet to to kind of fully land in that place with myself and and that was so beautiful. So yeah, so here I'm back and I'm, and I didn't want to say like, I'm back, but I'm here, I'm here. And I'm, I'm a different person to the, to the, to the Nina. The Nina's, Nina's evolved and evolving and changing is definitely something that happens on this path of self-inquiry and spirituality. You're always evolving and changing and, and in constant um, de-layering and kind of shedding more and more and more and learning more and more lessons. And I feel like the, the, the lately in the world with everything that's going on, the dial of that, like the shifts and the changes that are happening are like cranked up, literally like, you know, the, the frequency or the bass, it's like, doom, doom, doom. it's like some, you know, <laughs> intense techno tune, like everybody's feeling it so much because there is such an intense energy in the world around being called to face parts of ourselves, to face, you know, to face the parts of ourselves that are no longer serving us, to face the parts of ourselves that are, 
that are not from love to face the parts that are holding us back and ultimately that is happening so so much more because of this global shift that we're going through you know we've been through some of the biggest things in history in the last few in the last few years and just recognizing that that is you know having an impact on our human species and how it's having an impact and people are being called you know to step in and to go inward and to answer the questions of the things that are going on in the external world and I recognize that you know, the tools and the and the journey that I've personally been on, you know, I know that it is all just a story, but I know that some of those experiences, when I was feeling them, when I was experiencing them, I know how challenging and and overwhelming or the 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 sheer grip that it can have and the ego that can, you know, that, that comes with it. It's it's a it's a it's a real, you know, it's really it's it can be heavy and intense and hard and and not to say that that does not continue like I'm still I still navigate you know I'm my own client first and I always will be is like I hold space for myself first and that journey and as deep as we go with ourselves as deep as we can go with another and basically at the moment it feels like I'm so excited to hold space again. <laughs> I'm so excited to hold space again. I'm just here for being of service to others on their path of connecting the dots and really going inward to connect those dots and align and find the power within and remember, just remember how freaking miraculous we are. And how miraculous it is to be part of nature and to pour in you know magic pour in magic into the mundane and and you know the, there is the, life is just such a mystery and it is so incredible you know and when you reach that place that yes, we feel like often there's, yeah, there's, there's, there is suffering. There is absolute human suffering on the planet. Um, there's no denying that. And equally there is personal suffering. And I fundamentally believe that the journey of self-inquiry provided such space and invitations for healing and growth and expansion and truth and purpose and joy and that that ultimately soothed those uh, my own personal struggles but also reframed life itself and I think this is something that I've always been super interested and curious about ever since I was a little girl and that's it was reconnecting to that to that essence of who I was that the journey took me on in order to see all of the experiences as a door to walk through into your own soul's purpose into why you're here and into how you're here to be of service to to humankind so yeah let's jump into it so who's this space for Uh, this podcast is 
for people on their path, people on their journey and, and you know, curious and interested in, in hearing ideas and, and listening to the dot connecting that goes on inside my brain, but also in the, in the, in the brains of others. So there will be conversations to come and collaborations to come, which I'm really, really excited about having a space to actually have that because I have some of the most epic conversations and I can't do anything but, but have deep and meaningfuls. And that's something that many, many people in my life, um, you know, the DNMs with Neens, um, I was going to call this podcast that, you know, DNMs with Neens, but, um, Neens is a name that's like warms my heart when I think about all my friends that call me Neens um, and all the, the good times and the wild times. And that's where you'd see me. You'd see me on the dance floor. Uh, well, you'd see me on the dance floor right at the front of the stage in front of the DJ dancing. <laughs> or you'd see me in the smoking area having a DM or in the corner having a DM or at the house party having a DM. And I love to get into the deep nooks and crannies and hold space and always have done to unpack and explore truth and and put the world to rights in some form you know um the deeper meaningful conversations is just where I'm naturally always gravitated and so it felt right for the name of this and so it's for those people too who love deep and meaningful conversations, who love to go deep and explore and be curious. And yeah, it's uh, it's so funny because sometimes even, you know, having a deep and meaningful, people would avoid, you know, would literally avoid me at the parties. Or, you know, there was one event where someone that actually came to me a few weeks later said that they literally would like avoid me, like with six, a six foot, you know, would walk six foot away from me just to not have a conversation because they weren't ready to look at that truth or to have that conversation as in they just knew that entering into a space with me would be would be quite confronting so often you know for years I could not accept that I found it to be uh, really, really it was partly my people pleaser or the part of me that wants to be liked by everyone which I know is not possible and it's impossible so I just had to surrender the fact that I would make people feel uncomfortable or that I would speak to pain points or that I would potentially feel a little bit uncomfortable for some people and that it might bring up different emotions and it took me a long long time to recognize that that's either that is all in service to people whether they choose to see it or alchemize it or look at it or um and ultimately my invitation is of course here right now just to say either you know if something arises for you and um it does speak to a pain point like I love you and I'm here for you and um and that's the truth the deep 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 truth like so soulfully deep truth and um, and it might speak to pain points, but also some of the stuff that I say will resonate, some of it will not. And that is totally okay. And take what does and just leave what doesn't, like just let it go and um, and take what does. And that's what I say in all my workshops. That's what I say, um, you know, whenever I'm, I'm sharing. Um, 
it's really important to do that because not all of it's going to be for you and you're not going to agree with everything that I say and and amen to that like we really are in a time where we're really in a time where there is huge things going on in the world like cancel culture and people bullying people online and and not acknowledging difference and difference of opinion and different voices and different narratives and and that is so essential in fact that's the only way we are all absolutely unique and we are all completely individual and really that's what I am circle first showed me was that we are absolutely individual and unique and yet beyond that we are united we are united in our uniqueness we have to find that union beyond all of the constructs because that is what we we are as a human species we are you know we are connected by our consciousness we are connected by love and then it's all all the other things on top of that the fear the separateness all of those things are what separates us and leaning into the the places where we judge uh, another is actually us judging ourselves and and again I've learned these lessons over the years but really creating space for for the difference and so again you know I see the difference in you and you can see the difference in me and that's a beautiful thing so why self-inquiry and and how would I describe it so self-inquiry to begin with for me felt like self-analysis and when I first started self-inquiring and answering that voice from within was about a decade ago when I knew life was about to change forever and I made some huge big changes that were oh it was so hard to make like so so hard and heart broke wide open um to go on a on a trip to go traveling and ultimately that point answering that voice from within was the beginning of the self-inquiry on a on a really aware on a level of awareness and I think ultimately the curiosity that lived within me was there from a very very young age and I was creating uh sort of personality psychology games when I was a kid and I used to make them uh, and play with you know mum and dad's dinner party guests and go around the table and ask everyone to choose something and then I would tell them what it meant about their personality and I would I would invent it all and often it really spoke to people and I think that my curiosity in in the uniqueness of humans has always been there and as a, as a common thread and it's shown up in lots of other areas of life and, and in my, the, you know, my creative projects and things of, of understanding what it is to be human and our connection to nature and things like that. So self-inquiry is always there, but I really pinpoint this particular time where I answered that call to, to hold, to hold myself in the journey of inquiry, to to lean into it and 
recognized that there was several moments and opportunities that were saying like, are you going to answer this call? Are you going to, are you going to walk through this door or are you going to do this? Are you going to go back to life like that or are you going to do this? And every time I went back to life like that, I was faced with intense struggle and misalignment and and you feel in those moments you feel kind of lost and stuck and then you have to move move beyond and go back to the unknown path it was always the unknown path that was serving serving the soul serving the lessons serving the bigger picture realigning and and you can you know you can feel that so so self-inquiry and journeying with with self-inquiry started back then and and again like I said I would I would at that time I was calling it um self sort of self-analysis self-study reading and tuning into eastern eastern philosophy different elements of different religions and buddhism and you know on on that traveling trip spending time in asia learning about meditating and connecting to the inner world and what was going on inside and that when you start learning and recognizing and leaning into what's going on inside that's strengthening the muscle of self-awareness and strengthening the muscle of self-leadership ultimately really deeply knowing yourself and that became kind of like my my mission and and along the way there were many different experiences where it was like you stop going off mission stop going off mission stay on stay on mission so I use this analogy which I just shared with a friend and I'm so grateful that uh, she messaged before I recorded this because I kind of forgot about it and it's such a beautiful uh, well I haven't forgotten about it it's in there but I haven't used the analogy in such a long time and I want to share it with you because it's such a beautiful way of looking at this life and peeling back parts of ourselves and kind of recognizing where we are potentially living from and and for me nature is the one of the biggest teachers and uh, this this metaphor came when I was on a trip in Serbia so um, for those who don't know me I'm half Serbian and you'll you'll hear more about that I'm sure but um, we were in Serbia having a very beautiful time in autumn and my partner and I were sat on a balcony and we were chatting about fear and and understanding how we are you know peeling away layers of ourselves and this beautiful image came into my head you know the perception of of who we are and this versus the the true self and this image came into my mind of a tree and you know you imagine a tree sort of standing strong on the earth with all the roots running down into the ground and if you were to slice the tree you would see the tree in the center of the tree and then all the way around you'd see the rings 
right? You'd see that all the different rings, the, the, the rings of existence. And at the center of the tree, which is genuinely what it's called, is, is the heartwood. And the heartwood is what fuels and feeds the tree. And all of the years of existence grow out of, from that place. And I was thinking about, you know, imagine that that, that, that was a life, that in the center is your heartwood. That's your like essence. That's the truest expression of who you are. That's like the moment that you're born, you are pure love. You are totally infinite and you're in creation. You've just been, you know, you're, you're like a, that the love field is at the center. And then we begin experiencing life. And imagine each ring as as life experiences, you know, maybe they would be seen as every year or just, you know, our growth and our, our journey through life. And on an actual tree, when that tree experiences a, a, a knock or a branch gets blown off or um, it gets burned or there's something that happens to that to that tree, damaged in some way, and although damage is the wrong word to use for the, in terms of the representation of human life, because it doesn't feel right in my body, but um, the, the tree creates a marking. And so the circles go from circles and then they, then they kind of, they have to evolve around the thing that happened. And often when you look at a tree, you can see where there's the knots or the burns or the bit of sap that's, that's kind of made a little crevice or a hole. And then the rings kind of go around that and they form different shapes. And we're so influenced and impacted by the different experiences in our life from that moment that we're like pure love and then everything from that moment on shapes us and moves and has to kind of create a, a, a change in us. And it's, and it kind of forms this, you know, forms these layers and layers and layers. And some of those can create, you know, ways of protection, ways of, of keeping us safe, comfort zones. And then we have the bark and the bark is the protector. The bark protects the tree. But the bark is also like our ego. The bark is the external. The bark is how we perceive that we look, how we, you know, are seen by the outside world. And often we get so caught up in living in the bark and being the bark and trying to be the bark and, and not addressing the inner word, the inner world of ourselves and our sense of selves and understanding why we are the way we are. And many times that just doesn't even, that doesn't even, you know, fathom. We don't think, oh, well, you know, and some people have always, you know, I've often heard, oh, you're just so deep or you're an overthinker or, but actually it's that curiosity. It's that level of depth that's, that brings us into this level of awareness and, and back to the heartward, back to our essence. But in order to do that, we have to, we have to go inward. And for me, self-inquiry is the invitation to go inward and to go into those layers and to move beyond the bark 
and to go into each layer and each comfort zone or fear and to, to overcome, to kind of move back towards the heartward. And once you reach going back towards the heartward and you understand what your essence is, you understand that that all miraculousness that you are, that you that to be born and to live and all of the experiences that we've had, that there are lessons in there. And yes, there's healing that has to happen, you know, as you're working through the layers and you hit the parts of you that have created the 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 part that's shaped you then you know we have to sit and feel the different feelings and actually often the bark almost feels like the protective layer the the armor that stops us from feeling that stops us from from experiencing and processing and integrating the lessons and ultimately something often that happens to us in our life whether that's a loss or a breakup or just answering that inner voice and life feeling like it's shattered into pieces or a breakdown mental you know mental health struggle um illness disease uh, you know losing a loved one often it's these moments in life where we are fully you know tested and we feel cracked open or we feel like we're you know shattered into pieces and we have to piece ourselves back together and that for me is that process of inquiry and going back inward like literally inward and and moving through that journey and that for me is the journey of self-inquiry and yes the this the the metaphor world is something that I love and I invite that in because for me, play and creativity are are the greatest ways of us to navigate these things, you know, using different metaphors and different ways of looking at self-inquiry through the lens of nature or through other experiences to to bring us the message to bring us the lesson to bring us the the wisdom that needs to be ex- to, needs to be experienced needs to be felt that that for me is is how we move through with less weight how we move through this path with less suffering how we move through this path with with more ease and and magic and so the invitation in this this podcast episode one is to come on a little journey with Nina and I'm going to use the framework which is the framework that I developed a few years ago when I was doing some work with the Museum of Happiness and we the group that I was work that I was working with we developed this framework and I was already working with a framework but we didn't, I didn't have a name for it. And the name that ar- arrived, which felt so beautiful, was the seven seas. And I want to take you on a little journey with Nina into my heart, into my journey, into my journey uh, with the seven seas, using the seven seas framework. And just sharing with you the way in which self-inquiry has served me in the in the experiences that I've gone through and using the seven seas to to kind of yeah go with the waves go with the waves of life 
and and it felt like a really fun way to also to also open up some of some of myself and so that you could see me and get to know me and be intimately connected with me because that feels really important at this stage in my journey also it felt like really important to to speak to to those parts of me and and yeah so here goes so the first of the seven C's is courage. And ultimately, walking this path requires courage. Choosing to lead a heart-led life, to feel, choosing to feel the discomfort, choosing to lean into the fear, choosing to face parts of ourselves requires courage. And the root of the word courage means heart. And you know, it was like the lion in The Wizard of Oz was all about finding his courage. And ultimately, that is, oh, like, I feel it in my heart even just talking about it. Like, I, I know the, the, the depths of where, you, where we cultivate courage from in order to take those steps. And so I encourage, encourage, I encourage and empower and support everyone who I know who's on this path and who's out there listening is that you're amazing for even walking in this, in this unknown direction of, yeah, it's just like, the, it does take courage. And for me and my journey, one of the biggest parts where I fully faced myself and the courage to, to the courage to heal was my biggest, my biggest pain point. And that was for 10 years of my, of my life from the age of 16 to 26. I had uh, an eating disorder, which I don't like the word eating disorder. I think that that doesn't really make sense what it was. Because I know now, obviously, that it was a coping strategy and it was a way of surviving and it was a way of processing emotion and it was a way of releasing and and coping. So it was it was really a protective a way of protecting and but it was it had a grip it had a control over me it had it was something that I lived with for so many years in such a secretive way and so that was the the first point of real deep 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 guilt and shame that I that I felt and that I carried and it was it was that actually it was that experience and it was living with that and living in that untruth that I felt with myself that created the the catapult to want to go away and and face it to want to go traveling to want to go and get to know myself and really the courage to face that to face that and heal that and overcome that and that is exactly what what I did when I was when I was away for for two years and Ultimately, on in that two years, there were so many things that were distracting me from that, from that time that I needed to like be on my own with myself and face, f- 
face that part of me. And that is, that was the, one of the hardest steps of courage because it meant really moving away from loved ones and life as this kind of picture perfect idea of life. And it created a lot of, you know, sadness and confusion and, um, well, these are just ideas that I suppose I have of that time. But, but when I knew it was like this voice from within was like, you have to go and face this. You have to go and look at this. You have to go and overcome this. And yeah, that it was, it was, some would say it's a, it's a journey of healing. It's the, it's the, the, the part of the recovery journey, but it's actually the, the, the part of us that is just trying to keep us in survival mode from all of the other things that we haven't been able to make sense of. And, and it was, yeah, it was, it was the catalyst for so much more uh, deep, deep inner work and, and realizing. So that is, that is, that is where courage showed up for me the first time in my journey. And yeah, obviously now recognizing that in in our society, there are so many ways that we that we self-betray or self-harm or self-sabotage or that we create habits that that actually really pull us away from from our from our soul but it's all because it's it's a kind of strategy it's a strategy that we've put in place very subconsciously to protect us from something and you know they say if you if you connect with Gabor Mate's work on addiction it's like addiction is 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 rooted in pain and it's rooted in disconnection and so our, our biggest struggles are often rooted from that place. And that's where we kind of have to allow ourselves to go back to. That's where the, the healing goes comes from. And ultimately what helped me heal, and I will bring this in in another episode, was discovering purpose, cracking myself open into more of my truth, making decisions from my place of truth, seeing life through a different lens and caring less about the way that I appeared and more about what was going on inside that shift, completely shifting my relationship with food. I started working with children at the time over in Cambodia and then on in Australia, I uh, worked on a dairy farm and nannied the most incredible kids. Um, shout out to you guys if you're listening because they just they were just amazing. I mean, they're not kids anymore. But at that time, I cared so much. I'd never, I hadn't worked with kids in this way. And, and I cared so much about what they were eating and how, you know, making food interesting and fun. And, and it, was, it was like such an important invitation to change my relationship with food, to change my view of food and, and really 
healing that part and rewriting that story that had been there for 10 years. And that was a beautiful, beautiful journey. And I don't think that they would ever realize quite how potent it was for me, but it was. And, and so, so magical and so many levels. So yeah, and it's, and I have been on a massive journey with, with, with how we, with how we live and, and how we choose to eat our food and um, my partner and I, you know, shifting, uh, changing our diets for our health and focusing on our well-being in that way. And it's incredible to also intuitively eat, intuitively cook, connect to nature, forage and live, you know, more in close contact with the food that we're eating and eating organic. And oh, just it's just an entirely new way of being from that version of of Nina. And that's a, a, been a powerful part of the journey. And yeah, the next C, so that was courage. The next C is curiosity. And curiosity speaks for itself. It's literally like, you know, why, why, why is this going on? And, and, and when did this happen? And how did this happen? And, and, and approaching things with curiosity, rather than like, why me, rather than labeling or attaching to story or ideas or concepts. And for me, curiosity is the piece that invites in the relearning and the completely shattering of, of our ideas. So curiosity literally is a is a constant and it's and it's the approach so approaching things with curiosity and for me I mean where do I even begin on on the part of my journey it was just it was all an entire entirely curious curious process and when I was living back in London after coming back from traveling and that's when I really hit a kind of rock bottom mental health moment and started to experience very intrusive, very dark intrusive thoughts that uh, around death and relationship to death and and ultimately it's it's kind of going through like an ego death, you're going through the death of a version of yourself but the intrusive thoughts were really were really intense at that time and it's another topic that I'm super passionate about is is our relationship to death and the unknown but at this time it was really intrusive these repetitive thoughts would come in and because of that it was almost like it was manifesting so it was I would end up having these these conversations with people and we we experienced a, a death in the in the friendship group and it was almost like these experiences were mirroring what was going on inside me and I know that what you know our thoughts attach to things and so I was attaching to this story and the curiousness was like hold on like I reckon I've learned about manifestation and I can see how there's I'm like manifesting something here. I'm really curious how I can overcome th this me feeling like this is something that's going to happen to me, something's going to happen and it's bringing up fear and it's bringing up anxiety and it's bringing up catastrophizing. 
and recognizing that they too are, are symptoms of having uh, anxiety for this period of time. It's like, okay, I recognize and I'm having an, this is an all in internal dialogue and it's the curiosity piece that's like, but hold on a second. It like challenges, it's like a little inner challenge, but hold on a second, that can't be reality. That can't be true. So I'm going to create practices and tools that are gonna understand first and foremost, some of the science of the brain, the neuroscience of the brain. I'm gonna get really curious about understanding why my brain's doing this. So I dove into the inner workings of neuroscience and the inner workings of the brain and the amygdala and why these sorts of thoughts happen off the back of a triggered reaction to something and how manifestation of thoughts worked also like understanding and learning about that it was literally like I was a sponge and my brain was a sponge and the brain is a sponge the the human part of the brain the new the prefrontal cortex is literally like a sponge so I was soaking in all of this knowledge which for me was self-knowledge and I say you know self-knowledge you know they say knowledge is power but for me self-knowledge is empowerment and so from feeling quite hopeless and helpless and weak and powerless to these thoughts these intrusive thoughts it was like this curiosity and in inviting in the curiosity and the learning and the understanding self the machine understanding what was going on inside my body and my being presented me with tools, presented me with a knowing, a deeper inner knowing that when those intrusive thoughts came in, I could tell them like not today or not right now. And I developed little tools and ways of dealing with that. And that was, you know, finding those, those answers and being curious enough to, to dive in. And yeah, I would, um, for a period of time, it was like, as soon as those intrusive thoughts kicked in and the anxiety would arise, I would go and find the sky. Because for me, the sky is the most impermanent thing, which for me is also life itself. It's, we, we are the sky, we're not the weather. We are constantly impermanent. We are constantly fluxing and changing. And so too were those thoughts, they were not real. And so for me, wherever I was, I would literally go and find the sky and look up at the sky and just take some breaths. And it would bring me back to center. It would bring me back to the heartwood on that you know journey and that anal analysis. So curiosity is huge. The third C is connection. And like I just said, self-knowledge is power. Connecting and learning about who we are and why we are, really deeply connecting to ourselves, really, really knowing how we operate, how we, how we process, how we, how we, function, how we don't function and why. Connecting deeper and deeper and deeper to ourselves means that we can truly deeply connect to another, like in relationships in, or any relationships, as deep as we meet ourselves, as deep as we can meet another. So if we're going really deep into the crevices of ourselves, we too can go deep with another 
and really meet in like a very intimate place by connecting deeply with ourselves and knowing ourselves. And this looks like doing work around values, doing work on, you know, maybe personality tests or getting to know your astrology chart, your, you know, what house you sit in, human design, uh, enneagrams, um, you know, your Myers-Briggs, you know, all these different ways that companies even use to get to know you as a person and actually diving into this inquiry into connecting to yourself and who you are and how you are and how you operate and really connecting to your innate skills, your innate ways of being. And I'm going to share with you my, a little snippet of part of my journey, which has been around understanding my machine, which is my brain. Well, this part of my machine, the brain. And I've been on a massive journey with it because I could recognize, and I was starting to recognize that there would be times when I would kind of shut down, my brain felt like it was shutting down and not cognitively functioning as it should be. And there was other things that showed up where my memory would be hilarious and I would forget things, zone out. There'd be other ways in which I felt like my brain was just not functioning. And I went on a a bit of a forage, you know, the curiosity piece again, I went on a forage to kind of discover more. And in that time I discovered ADHD. And as soon as I listened to something, it was like, oh, whoa, I'm relating to so much of what that person is sharing. And I felt so excited. It was like, oh my gosh, like a missing, missing piece of the puzzle. Like it makes so much sense. And I started talking to my dad about it. And it was weird because I, to begin with, I was getting a lot of, a lot of like resistance from him around around it and I was like why am I getting a lot of resistance and then I reflected back to childhood and there was a time when someone a teacher or a a assistant teacher told me that I potentially had dyslexia and I did not want to be different and this was such a mirror of like whoa, Nina just really wanted to not be different and really wanted to fit in, even though you were so different and you were so unique and you did things your own way, you wanted to fit in. You wanted to not be different. You didn't want to be seen different. You didn't want special treatment. You just wanted to be like everybody else or the idea. You wanted to conform and fit in. And it was weird because that was like my biggest driver, but still on the external, I was still pretty, you know, showing up differently and it was almost like I felt that, that that being like everyone else was going to resolve the difference that I felt. And I don't know if anyone relates to that, but yeah, back then, you know, being told I had dyslexia, it was like, oh, I don't want special treatment. And, and I, you know, I, I don't want to get extra time in my exams and everybody leaves the hall and I'm there for another 15 minutes, whatever it was. Um, so I was just like, no, and I just denied it. And I was really young and I pro- probably had the conversation with my parents as well. And they were like, well, you know, do what you want to do. Um, it, and how is it really affecting you? And did it really affect me? And, you know, ha- could I spell? Not very well. Could I, could I read? Not very well. I was, I hated reading out loud and it really impacted me as an adult until I recognized, oh, okay, this was a story that I've told myself that I do not read. So it was really amazing to to connect to to that part and to recognize that that story. 
And so this ADHD journey, and this will definitely be a, a part of, of, of what I share with you, but I was relating to the experiences of others and I was relating to the the challenges that people face when they discover ADHD but for me the the label wasn't quite matching up for me like putting into a box like all these people who have a variety of these different ways of being oh we'll, we'll put you into that box and that just absolutely speaks to the same little girl it was like okay well I don't want to be put into that box so it just is and I just am. And so for me, the ADHD journey was like, okay, I can really understand my machine on such a deep level. And I went into training with um, ADCA Academy because I was like, I really want to understand the inner workings of how this shows up for people like me. And it was in that course, which was brilliant. And I'm so grateful. And literally by doing that course, I was like 95% more educated than doctors and teachers here in the UK, like, and world over because the ADCO Academy are in America. And so for me, it was like, whoa, I feel again, self-knowledge is power, is empowerment. Because all of this knowledge around understanding your inner workings and your operating system was like, medicine you know it's like such medicine it's like okay like it's giving me more power it's giving me more sense of self it's giving me more understanding of how I operate and making sense of all the parts of me that were really confused or complex or afraid or insecure and so it's something that I care so much about and the connect connecting on that level so for me, the machine part is is beyond the spiritual or beyond the essence. So when I talked about self-inquiry of coming back to that essence, yeah, that is, that's true. Like we are pure essence, but fundamentally we're here in physical form with these bodies and these brains and these hearts and these organs and these guts and ultimately getting to know our machine and connecting to that deeper is, is, has been such an important part of the journey. And it's something that I also um, share in in my work. So that's connection. The, where are we up to? We've had courage, we've had curiosity, we've had connection. The fourth one is creativity. <laughs> and for me, creativity is the door to our self-expression and it is freedom and releasing ourselves from the grip of the head and allowing ourselves to to imagine and step out of boxes and step beyond the the barriers and move and that can show up in so many different ways creativity is not a box creativity is not a subject that we are or are not good at. Every single human has creativity within them. Even if you're more left hemisphere of the brain, you still have your own way of creatively expressing yourself. And this is so huge in my work. And for me, the reason that it's so huge is because it's the creativity that helps to unlock the our own gathering of wisdom. It's through allowing our creative play or our creative expression to bring 
the heart opening to release the shackles, to create the freedom, to feel and, and unite with, with our freest selves. And that's coming back to the inner child, you know, coming back to the inner child that was creatively expressing and moving through life and did not have the inhibitions that we have today. And one of the, one of the, um, studies that I always talk about is this NASA study where, where children aged five were assessed for their creative genius and they had like 98% creative genius. And then they were tested again at age 10 and that dropped to something like 32% of them of their, they had creative genius. Age 15, it was, it dropped down even more. And again, imagine where we're at now. Imagine as adults that, that we lose that creative genius and that creative genius allows us to reimagine things and recreate things and rewrite things. It literally has the power to rewrite our neuros pathways of the things that we're holding on to, of the stories that we're holding on to, of the idea of ourselves that we're holding on to. That we can be that creative. We can be that creative with ourselves to change the neuro pathways through our own, through our own journeying, through our own creative expression. And when I was a kid, I was so, so creative. Like, you know, I just told you about the little games I used to make and, and I would see things on the floor that I would just pick up and turn into, you know, it was like a stick. And then I would get another, like eight other sticks. And then I would cut a groove in those sticks and paint the sticks different colors and put the sticks in the groove. And often my dad would just be like, you know, I don't know where you're going with this, but keep going and you know my uni final year uni project was the most creatively explosion of creativity that I think I've ever ever allowed myself to go to those places by having that 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 sort of project container to create so freely and and the the mind that that created it I was often just like what like how did I even how did this even come out like it was always a bit like whoa was that me and that level of creativity got lost in my journey and I really detached from that sense of myself from uni from that final year project as I stepped into the to the real world of like what's your career going to be and you just totally abandon part of yourself and yeah, you could go and get a career in a, in a creative space. And I did do that. I worked in fashion and I was as creative as I could be. But that pure creative expression was frozen within me for several years until I moved to London and was on this deep path of like, okay, what's my purpose and how can I, how can I break free? How can I break free from these old ideas of what career is and how I want to work? And actually, okay, I, I want to work as a creative freelancer. How do I do that? And I basically would just step out of comfort zones and I'd be like getting sushi in the middle of Box Park in London. And I would say, oh, this wall's a bit plain. What are you, what are you doing with this wall? And, and can I, paint a mural and that's when I started that moment of painting that mural was the door of of saying 
sacred yes to my inner creative and to my expression. And that for me was such a gift. It was such a beautiful, beautiful moment that, that yeah, I felt, felt alive. And I got paid for it, not very much, but I got paid for it. And that was amazing at that time where you're just like, how am I gonna make money being a freelance creative? You know, you just don't know. You know all the ways that you can make money. You can get a job, you can work nine to five, you work for someone else. And then it was like, okay, you wanna be a creative? Right, go, figure it out. And and that was literally my creative, my creative soul was unleashed. And that's, and that was a beautiful, oh, I'm so, so, mm. and that brings me on to the, the next C, which is compassion. Because not only did my creativity unleash, but it also brought up a lot of shadow, a lot of inner child struggle, a lot of inner child journeying. And so there was a time when I really had to meet with that part of me that carried the shame, the part of me that carried the shame for the eating disorder. And I had to fully be like, okay, I'm still, I'm still self-sabotaging. I'm still behaving in ways that are, that are detrimental to my health. And this was, you know, back at living in London and, and leading life in this crazy creative freelance world, but also still getting really drunk and wasted and taking drugs and, and feeling like I was in a bit of a, a whirlwind of, of life. And yeah, it was like, compassion was essential when you're messing up you know you go out on an after works event and the next thing you know you are being sick at someone's house and you're just like oh my gosh like why did I get so wasted and I have a really important meeting on you know the next day and it was this this self-sabotage piece of like I'm not taking care of myself as I would like to and there's stuff going on deeper there and that was my invitation to journey back with inner Nina and inviting compassion and there was this one time this period of time in my life where I could not have a picture of myself up on the wall there was so much negative self-talk self-loathing and it was just, yeah, it was, it was really real. It felt really, really real. And so Nina and little Nina, I've got this lovely picture of me when I was really, really young. I could not have them up on my wall. It was, it was making me feel uncomfortable and sad. So I hid them all under my bed. And then I would just carry on living my creative wild life outside of, 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 you know, outside of um, of that truth. And then I would get back into my room and it would be like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I, I'm, I don't really like myself. I'm not really being loving towards myself. And a friend of mine, we went for a drink in Shoreditch House and I'll never forget, I was sat on the sofa and we were just chatting and I was sharing very openly and incredibly vulnerably with, with her. 
And she just looked at me and she was like, do you, do you love yourself? And the question was so confronting. And she said, can you put your hand on your heart? And can you close your eyes and do you, do you love yourself? And the tears that came, oh my goodness. And I just felt like, whoa, like the answer is not yes. So there's, there's, some, there's some work to do. And it was again, it was, it was an invitation either. I could have felt uncomfortable and found her to be too uncomfortable and moved myself away from that friendship and carried on the life that I was leading and thinking, you know, oh, can't love myself. Um, Or you take the invitation and step into building the relationship with self-compassion. So definitely that journey of learning to love who we are is a very powerful, intimate, one and that for me was the piece of compassion and I wrote in amongst that time I wrote a letter to myself really deeply connecting emotional letter you know apologizing and recognizing that I hadn't loved you and I spoke to all parts of myself and I, um, yeah, on the back of the letter, you know, it was, a, it was a real like forgiveness piece. And on the back of that letter, I wrote fear. And I went and set fire to it on the roof of our house. My housemates definitely were like, what's Nina up to now? And it was 2015. It was an eclipse of the moon. It was full moon in October. And I think it was October 25th. I can remember it so clearly. I was wearing a onesie which had little ears and I looked like an absolute character climbing out onto the roof of our Peckham house and I spilt tea all over the carpet. Sorry, guys, that was me. Um, And I set fire to that letter. And it was at that moment that the letter burned and that all that was left were the words I am and that for me was one of the biggest confirmations in the universal magic because that moment of self-acceptance of accepting all parts of me all of the flaws all the parts that had been all of the things that I'd carried it was like oh my goodness I am I am and it's okay And I, that for me was the biggest message of compassion and was, that was the beginning of I am circle. That was the first message of I am. And then of course, I am started to appear everywhere and just recognizing that I am is the divinity that we are. And so the compassion piece was and is huge and and forming and forging that 
deeply connected and loving and friendly relationship with ourselves. And journaling is one way that I've established that ever since I was a little girl journaling. I've been journaling since I was at school. Nine years old is the first journal that I can find. And um, and yeah, I would love to read some of my journals to, to this podcast um, as and when feels feels right. There's lots of nuggets in there and lots of processing and lots of magic. So yeah, um, but journaling is the most powerful way to establish that compassion piece. And I love holding space for people to journal and to strengthen the writing muscle of journaling to ourselves. And letters to self is one of the ways in which I deliver workshops, holding space for people to to journey with that voice of compassion and writing letters to our past selves or future selves and um and it's beautiful and I and I love holding that space so and that's all emerged from from the parts of me that have have done that and actually the letter writing uh was something that I did at an immersion and I found the letter like years later and I needed to hear the words that I'd written to myself but in the past and it was the most powerful clear message that time is not linear and we can have past experiences that are speaking to the future that we receive in the present whenever that is in this like non-linear line of time um so yeah that that's another one for another time so moving on to the sixth c which is care and care is is how much we care for ourselves each other um animals and the planet and 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 self-care and just choosing to care for ourselves and obviously because of my journey and the relationship to food and mistreating my body and the journey with with alcohol was such a big one partying and being a party girl and and how much, often how much care I wasn't really taking over myself, even though I was having a really good time, even though I was feeling connected, even though, you know, you're feeling like you're part of a, a movement, you know, party scene and a movement scene, you know, that was such an awesome time. And yeah, your 20s are for that. But for me, in that time when I was recognizing the these sort of self-destructive behaviors, alcohol when I was working for myself as well, when I was choosing to work for myself, literally the alcohol would create the brain to totally shut down. The hangovers were getting really bad. The fear element was increasing. The inner voice was so negative and it was all around the same time. So I mean, like the care piece, I mean, it's there's so many other levels to the care piece, but what I'm going to what feels intuitive to share with you right now is is that was the start of a sober curious adventure let's just say and I've actually not been drunk for five years later this year and the last time I was drunk on alcohol was at a friend's 30th and we all turned 35 this year and I know how much alcohol is just embedded into our culture and so 
it's it's a huge it's a huge part of it was a huge part of our upbringing and the way in which we socialize the way in which we also connect with one another and and loosen and lose our inhibitions and so journeying with with caring about that and how I was before and there was this this like wildness and this part of Nina that was like so the life and soul of the party like the life and soul and the wild you know getting super wild and and loving it but then on the other side when I started to become more conscious and aware and making more conscious choices it was it was misaligning and I had to go through a period of time of mourning mourning the wild Nina but knowing that I was on a path of of heart and healing and freedom and and trusting that actually the wild the wild side would come back and she did and she came back because of creativity and self-expression and dance and movement and ecstatic dance and and going to events that were sober where you just released all the hormones and the hormones are all there our ability to lose our inhibitions our ability to cultivate internal confidence is all there you know and that's really what what alcohol sometimes does is it kind of creates this feeling that we feel more confident in ourselves or to have conversations or to go out dancing or you know whatever it is and there's a whole piece around that and actually again that's another really huge part that I'm going to dive even deeper in in this podcast and hopefully have some really awesome people on to share in their journeys too and that brings me to the final seven C if you've made it this far along this journey thank you and thanks for jumping in for the ride so the final c is community and ultimately we cannot go along this journey on our own the sense of community the people that have connected with along the way of life both people from past both soul family both people friends that have met along the way old friends that have journeyed with me on this path that feeling and that sense of community is so 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 huge and creating that feeling of community I know you know you can't do things alone and you you know there was a part of the journey where I honestly felt like okay I can heal the eating disorder and no one needs to know about it and I'll keep that a secret because, you know, that's really intense and that's quite heavy and da 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 da, da like all the stories, da, da 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 So I'm not gonna tell anyone about that and I'm just gonna heal it and then life can carry on. Well, that was so naive to think because of course there's a reason for that. There was a reason why the, the, the eating disorder existed and there was something much deeper going on. Of course, the deeper stuff all came out when the eating disorder, disorder stopped. It was like all the deeper stuff came up and out and thinking that I would therefore deal with it on my own so that then nobody knew, so that then the perception of me wouldn't change. And the the minute that we invite people in, the minute that we share our truth, the minute that we have that received and held and met without shame, without judgment, that is when beautiful collective healing takes place and that is why I am circle was birthed as circle sessions online for people of all walks of life to come together and sit in our human experience and hear one another and be seen without shame without judgment 
And ultimately, that is such a massive part of of my work and and creating those spaces for people to come together. Um, and I'm excited to to restart that and oh and be back in in my service to the people after this this year out so community and just you know not taking for granted the power of our vulnerability and being seen by others and even in the moments where we can't be seen because it's triggering or it's too much for people that message of too muchness is only because it's too much for what that person can receive but there are so many people out there that can hold it and receive it and it was on the journey where I was also meeting people in beautiful spaces and places like these little angels that were just landing uh, at different events or or workshops or just even in the park you know where you'd end up having the most epic conversation and you'd be like oh that's just connected a load of dots for me and the that belief in community and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and seen and held so that so that that it's not just something that you're you think that you can navigate on your own and often people when they're struggling things like their mental health or anxiety it's something that you kind of dealing with on one path but then you don't necessarily invite people in on and you maybe go and deal with it with a therapist or external people to to support you with that and yes there is there is a space for that and absolutely I'm an absolute advocate for finding the right therapist or the right space holder but separating it from community and from your community is basically there is a reason why we are we have our the brains that we do we are tribal we are primal and hold having that space heard and seen and held by other humans is what unlocks our collective healing and that's another reason for creating this podcast is is through my own journey I hope and wish that you can create your own pockets of of permission slips to dive into your own in whichever areas you need to go and I hope that it can unlock doors and that feels like another way to be of service even if just one person listens to this and takes away some nuggets that will that will be a job done. Thank you for joining me on this journey through parts of my own journey and joining me for the deep dive into the seven seas and I'm so excited to go on this podcast ride together and really this is our space for those souls who are brave enough to walk this path. It is a courageous one so this is our space and let me know if there is any topics or questions that you have arising that you would like to bring in to this space and they will be answered in future podcasts so do get in touch and drop me your email over at ninabubamara.com so we can stay connected and you can also leave your questions there And if you are being called and are ready to go deep in your self-inquiry and you want 
transformation and to connect those dots with somebody. This is my soul's mission. This is my soul's work to hold space for you. So look to work with me, get in touch. Let's have a discovery call. And yeah, I see you, I feel you, and I'm excited to ride these waves with you. Blessings and lots and lots of ladybird love. <laughs>